Well, my name is Ron Cool, and I'm one of the pastors here. We got, yeah, we got sound, all right. I'm one of the pastors here. It's a joy to welcome all of you. I'm going to move this down a little bit. Um, and again, a special congratulations to those of you who had kids baptized. It's great for us to celebrate that. And Daniel, sometimes we just start going down a road when we're talking, and we realize we shouldn't, but keep up the good work. Uh, I, what can I say? Good job. <laughs> Go forth and multiply. Uh, anyway, sorry, this is going to get worse. Uh, during this Lenten season, as we've been preparing for Good Friday, Easter, getting our hearts ready to look at those two central events of Christianity, we've been looking at the I Am statements of Scripture. We said that in the Gospel of John, seven times Jesus says, I am, and then he says something. I'm, I'm this, I'm that. Seven times he says that, and, and each time he says an I Am statement, he's, he's talking about something that, that we need. He, he's exposing our need, our brokenness, our, our hunger, and he's also reminding us that he is enough that he can satisfy that need. And so we started, the first one that Jesus speaks is, I am the bread of life. And we said he satisfies our soul. Then we looked at, I'm the light of the world, that he guides us in, in dark places, that he takes care of us, that he is the gate. We talked about a couple of weeks ago that, that Jesus is the only way in, the exclusive way in to the safety of the Father's place. And, and then last week we talked about Jesus being the good shepherd. This week we're going to jump ahead. We're actually going to skip one that we'll come back to, but we're going to jump ahead and we're going to talk about what happened on the night when Jesus was betrayed. It's the night before he was crucified. Jesus and his disciples are gathered together in the upper room in Jerusalem. It wasn't a place that any of them owned. It was just a place that they borrowed, but they were there and, and it was good to get together and just be with them. It had been a really busy week. It had been a stressful week. It had been a troubling week. It had been a challenging week in so many different ways. But now Jesus and the disciples were just gathered together, the 12 and Jesus, so the 13 of them. But they're not just gathered together to relax. It's also the Passover. It's also a, a time to celebrate and to remember and to do a ritual meal, okay? To remember that God rescued the people of Israel out of Egypt and he brought them into the promised land. And so they would have certain questions to ask, answers to give, food to eat, different things to do. And Jesus and his disciples went through that Passover pattern, that Passover Seder, and they, they did all of that stuff. And some of you may know that that's when Jesus said, this is my body, this is my blood, which is for you, when he gave us the Lord's Supper. That all was done. We're after that place in the evening, and then Jesus and his disciples start to talk, perhaps over another glass of wine, but they start to talk, and it's the longest discussion we have. It starts in John 13, and it goes 13, 14, 15, 16, and 17, five full chapters, primarily Jesus talking, but the disciples asking some questions along the way. Imagine them sitting there and Jesus knows what's coming up. The disciples know something is going to happen. And, 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 and it's this time of, okay, guys, we've been together for three years. And let me share my heart with you. And Jesus wants to tell them a little bit about what's coming up, about what's going to be happening, about what's going on. Jesus gives his disciples his parting words. And as Jesus describes what's going to happen, as Jesus shares what's going to happen to him, not the most clear way all the time, but they get a pretty good idea. The disciples become more and more troubled. They struggle more and more. Look at some of the things Jesus says in, in John 13. Jesus is there. and One of the things he says first in verse 21, he says, one of you is going to betray me. And you can just kind of imagine how that sends something through everybody because it's like we've been together for three years. 
We've had each other's backs. And now Jesus is saying, one of you is going to betray me. One of you is going to turn me over. And, and they didn't know who it was. Even though it's right after this that Judas leaves, they, they still weren't sure it was Judas. And they had to say, how can one of us, we can't trust each other? I mean, that's troubling. That's disturbing. That's, that's, that's frightening. And then Jesus said the, the most frightening thing. He says, I'm going away. You can't come with me. I'm going to have to leave you for a time. And, and all of them had to just be thinking, we didn't do too well when you weren't around. We, didn't do, we don't do too well on our own. When, 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 even when you're close, we mess up. What are we going to do if you're gone? And, and why can't we come with you now? And, 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 and it's more troubling. And then Jesus turns to Peter, the rock, the strong one. And, and he says, Peter, you know, you, you think you're so strong, but you're going to deny me. In fact, three times you're going to say, you don't even know my name. You don't even know who I am. And, and, and so this holy moment becomes a really troubling moment as Jesus says, you know what, more storms are coming. Things are going to get really difficult. And I imagine Jesus at that point, I, don't, I, I, I know he knows all the things are going to happen, but in some ways I imagine he, he looks up and he realizes these guys are really scared. These guys are, are really worried. These guys are just wondering what in the world is going to go on. And so Jesus says, John 14, verse 1, Jesus says, hey, guys, don't let your hearts be troubled. Don't let your hearts be troubled. And I got to be honest with you, in some of those words sound, they're, they're difficult, right, for us if you stop and think about them, because if there's anything that a smart disciple would feel at this point, it's trouble, Jesus had just said, one of you is going to betray me. Peter, the strongest, is going to deny me. I'm going to be gone. There's going to be storms coming. Jesus, of course they're troubled. And, and that's why I think one of the important things for us to recognize is, is that the, the word that's translated be here, I, I think could better, and it's not just me, there are smart people who actually say this, that, that, that what really Jesus intends to say here is not so much, don't worry, be happy. I got this, don't worry, be happy. No, what Jesus is saying is, did do not let your heart stay troubled. That, that's what that word really means. It's, it's don't let your heart stay troubled. Jesus knows we will be troubled, but he says, you don't have to live there forever. Trust me, okay? I, I, I still got it in the midst of the storm. You trust God, you trust the Father, trust also in me. And, and I just think that, that, that thought right there is, is so helpful for us to recognize that Jesus is really saying, don't stay troubled, don't, because Jesus knows in, in a world of storms, we will be troubled, okay? And it's okay. You don't have to feel like, oh man, I'm scared to death right now. I'm worried about what's going on with our kids. I'm worried about what's going on with my spouse. I'm worried about what's going on with my parents. I'm, I'm, I'm grieving and, I, and I'm struggling with this. I must not be trusting Jesus very much. No, we can be trusting Jesus as much as we can and still be troubled, he knows we will be troubled. He just doesn't want us to stay there and live there forever. And he invites us to cast our cares on him. He invites us, and it's not always easy, and it takes some time, but to more and more just say, okay, I will trust you. I will trust you. In the midst of a broken world, in the midst of stormy days, Jesus wants us to live with a level of peace. He wants us to live with a level of peace. And, and what he does next is, is he gives the disciples and us one reason we can live with peace. One key way that you and I can live with peace in the midst of storms. And it's by remembering what's coming. It's by remembering that one day it's going to be okay. 
by remembering that one day the storms are going to stop. Jesus says, I'm going to go and I'm leaving you to prepare a place for you. I'm leaving you so that I can get things ready so that one day all of this can be gone. John 14, verse 2, my father's house, my father's house has many rooms. If that were not so, would I have told you that, that I'm going there to prepare a place for you? I'm, I'm going there to get things ready. I'm going there to make the way ready for you to go there. And guess what? If I go there, even though you can't come right now, if I do go there and prepare a place for you, I will come back and take you to be with me that you may also be where I am. Jesus says, I know it's frightening and it's going to get worse. And he says that to us in our storms and in our struggles and in our troubles. But he says, remember this, don't be too troubled because one day I'm going to take you home one day I'm going to make all things new. One day, and Jesus is talking here about heaven, about his Father's house, about eternal glory. It's interesting. As we think about heaven and we look at the Bible about heaven, in, in so many ways there are questions we don't get answered about heaven. The Bible gives us very few specifics about heaven. We have all kinds of questions. And, and as we grow older and more people who are closer to us die, as we lose parents, as we lose spouses, as we lose children, as we, as we have more and more people who are there, we want to know more and more. Tell me what it's like. I want to know what does it look like? Where is it? What, what's going on there? How? We don't get a lot of those answers. But I want to suggest that, that Jesus gives us three things. The New Testament gives us three things that we remember about heaven. And this is what we hold to when we think about the day to come. First, the Bible makes clear there's no more storms. Revelation 20 says, you know, there, there, there's no more pain and no more tears, no more death, no more crying, no more brokenness, no more cancer, no more divorce, no more separation, no more pain. There is no more brokenness in heaven. I don't know exactly what it looks like, but I know that there's no pain there. Second thing we know is, is, is that we'll be with Jesus. That's what he's talking about here. I'm going to take you to be with me. We'll be with Jesus in the Father's house, playing around with the Holy Spirit. We're all going to be together, and so we know that. Don't know what it's going to be like. Don't know what the house looks like, it, it, but it's, it's going to be there, and we will be with Jesus. And then the third thing is that it's better than we can imagine. It's better than we can imagine, okay? I think that's why the, the, the Bible gives us any pictures. It gives us streets of gold and doors of rubies and all this stuff. It's just like, dude, whatever has been good here, it's going to be 10 times better, 1,000 times better there. No more storms with Jesus and better than we can imagine. Jesus says, hang in there. Hang in there because one day it's going to be okay. But you need to know something. I can't take you with me now. I, I got to go, but I can't take you with me now because I have work to do and the way is still blocked for you. Okay, that's the situation. That's where we are. Jesus is saying to them, look, I, 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 you can, don't let your hearts be troubled because someday we're going to be there, but I can't take you right now. I'm going to go. I'm going to get things ready. I'm going to prepare the way for you and then I'll come back and get you, but you can't come with me right now. If I go, I will come back and I will take you to be with me. And then Jesus says these words that, that are kind of strange in some ways. He says, by the way, you know the way I'm going. You know the way to the place where I'm going. 
And it's Thomas who says, uh, time out, <laughs> time out, <laughs> practical Thomas, doubting Thomas, right? Thomas said, Lord, we don't know where you're going, okay? You say your father's house. Now, I'm kind of slow. I can imagine Thomas doing this. I'm kind of practical. Thomas was very concrete, and I'm guessing that you don't mean your father's house up in Nazareth, okay? I think you're talking about heaven, okay? But we don't know where heaven is. So how in the world are we supposed to know how to get there? How can we know the way? Thomas asks what we want to ask. Tell us where it is, and then we'll know the way. Then we'll find out how to get there. Then we'll figure it all out. Just tell us where it is. And again, this is so important. Because sometimes you and I ask really legitimate, good questions, and Jesus won't answer. I don't know if we wouldn't understand the answer. I don't know if there's some time-space dimension thing going on that's just like, dude, you could never get it. But Jesus doesn't tell us where the Father's house is. But he tells us this, these words. Jesus answered, I am the way. It's me, okay? You, you don't need to worry about where. What you need to worry about is staying close with me. Stick with me because I'm the way, okay? I, I can't tell you where it is right now, but the way you're going to get there is by sticking close with me. Some of you know this is I am the way, the truth, the life in, 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 in the Gospel of John. They're not like three things that are all equal. I think what we really ought to understand this is Jesus is saying, I am the way, the true way, the true way to eternal life, okay? I am the way, the truth, the life. I am the way, the true way to eternal life, and no one comes to the Father except through me. So Jesus says, don't worry about the where, okay? Don't worry about where it is. Don't worry about what it's going to be like. Just stick with me. I am the way. And, and in some ways, I want more than that, right? In some ways, my dad passed away a couple months ago now, and it's like, yeah, but I want to know where he is. I want to know what he's doing. I want to know how it's going to be when I get there. I want, Jesus says, no, you don't worry about the where. Don't worry about the what he's doing. Just stick with me. I am the way. And so let's just unpack that for a few minutes here, all right? Jesus saying, I am the way. He said, I'm the bread, I'm the light of the world, I'm the gate, I'm the sh good shepherd, but I am also the way. What does Jesus mean with this? That's the question we're going to ask. What is, what is Jesus saying? And, and I want to suggest there are two things that Jesus is saying. And, and this gets at the very core of, of what Christians believe, at the core of why we think it's going to be okay, all right? So it's a, a reminder for some of us, but a challenge for some of us as well. But when Jesus says, I am the way, two things he means. First of all, I think what he means is he means this is a challenge, he wants to say, you know what, if you want to know how to get to heaven, then live the way I live, okay? Live the way I live. I'll show you how to find joy. I'll find, show you how to get to heaven. You've got to live like me. Throughout the Bible, the words of the way often refer to a way of living. We have that today, right? That's, you may, how many of your parents have said to your kids, that's not the way we do things around here. That's not the way we do things in this house. You talk to those of you NFL fans, the patriot way. Some of us hope the lion's way becomes the patriot's way because the lion's way has been bad and the patriot's way has been good. But, right, I mean, people have a way of doing things. That's, that's what, the, and the Bible says, you know, the way is, is the way we live in order to, to come into God's presence. We see this time and time again in the Old Testament. Exodus 18, verse 20. Jethro, father-in-law of Moses, says to Moses, teach the people his decrees, God's decrees and instructions, and show them the way. Show them the way they are to live and how they are to behave. Isaiah 30, verse 21. Whether you turn to your right or to the left, your ears will hear a voice behind you saying, this is 
the way. Walk in it. Jeremiah 6.16, and we could do a lot of these. This is what the Lord says. Stand at the crossroads and look. Ask for the ancient paths. Ask where the good way is, where the good way is, and walk in it, and you will find rest for your souls. You want to find peace? Then live the Jesus way. You want to get into the Father's presence? Then live the Jesus way. That's what Jesus is saying here. That's part of what it is, is I'm showing you the way to live. Jesus calls us to live his way. And I'm not going to get deep into that, but just remind you that his way at its heart involves two things. It involves, first of all, not focusing on ourselves. Sinful way, my way, selfish way is to look at myself and, and to focus on my, but if I'm going to go the Jesus way, I take my eyes off myself and I look to others. I take my eyes off myself and what I need and I look to others and what they need. And so the second part of it is not focusing myself on myself, but loving God and loving others. And, and, and so as you think about saying, all right, if I'm going to do this at school, if I'm going to do this at church, if I'm going to do this wherever I am, if I'm going to love God and love neighbor, if I'm going to go the Jesus way, it means I'm going to go a way of service, uh, uh, washing feet. It means I'm going to go a way of sacrifice. The Jesus way is the way of the cross. Okay? You want to follow Jesus, you want to stick with Jesus, then you're going to walk a way that will lead to your death, a way that will lead to you putting your own needs second, third, fourth, fifth. I think about this, baptism fits in so well with this because one of the things that happens when you become a parent is you now no longer have yourself at the center. And your job, your calling is, is to serve your children, not giving them whatever they want, but it's to, it's to, it's to help them grow. It's, it's to put their needs before yours. Jesus says, do that with everybody. Do that with everybody in your workplace. Serve sacrifice, and then live with joy. Jesus says, this is how you get there. You want to know how to get to heaven? Do this. Live a life of service. Love God, love neighbor, but there's just one small problem in all of this. We can't. The fact is, you can't follow Jesus. You can't. You can't be that kind of a servant. I, I, I'm telling you, those are, I don't I don't know any, you know any of you perfectly, but I know one thing, you're all selfish and you can't get out of it. I know one thing, I don't care how much you're committed to it, you're going to take care of your own needs first. That's how we are apart from Christ. That's what we see with Peter in, in John 13. When, when Jesus says to Peter, he says, you know, when he says to all the disciples, he says, you know, where I'm going, you can't go. And Peter wants to say, no, I can. John 13, 37 uh, starting there, Peter asked, Lord, why can't I follow you now? I'm ready to die for you. I will lay down my life for you. I am 100% committed. And, and, and we can do that. We can look at Jesus and say, all right, Jesus, I believe you have life, and so I am going to do whatever it takes. And I am going to be that servant. And I'm going to sacrifice myself. And we can be committed. And look at what Jesus says. Then Jesus answered, come on, will you really lay down your life for me? You really think you can do that? You think you can drink the cup I'm going to drink? You think you can walk that road? You really think you can be that kind of a servant? And, and I think all of us need to just be that deeply confronted again this morning because there's a part of me that says, I'm pretty good at it. Been working at it for a long time. I'm pretty good at this. Do you really think you can? Very truly, I tell you, and again, that means listen carefully before the rooster crows, you will disown me three times. 
You, you see, in some ways, Jesus saying, I am the way is really bad news. Yes, it shows us the way, but we can't make it on our own. We can't follow him, okay? And, 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 and so in some ways, this statement is, is so difficult because it's like, okay, fine, Jesus, now we know the way. I know how to live in order to get to heaven. I just have to be a servant to everybody. I just have to deny myself and, and just give of all that I have. And I just have to love everybody around me. And I have to love, it's a, right, thanks. I can't do it. I can't do it. And so it's a challenge that we can't fulfill. But second, and this is the gospel, this is most important. This is what changes everything for us, okay? This is what I base my life on, okay? Up to this point in the sermon, it's been a yeah, nice preparation. But friends, this is the gospel, because what Jesus says when Jesus says, I am the way, he doesn't just give us a challenge, he gives us a promise. And what he says to us is, I will come back and get you. He doesn't just show us the way. He doesn't just say, yep, this is what you've got to do. He says, but I know you can't even do that. I know you can't even make it that way. I know you can't cover that. So I'm going to come back to get you. And so what Jesus does this is what Jesus does. This is the cross and the resurrection. This is the gospel. This is the basics. What Jesus does is two things. First of all, Jesus says, I'm going to open the way for you. He says, you can't get through. There's a wall of sin separating you from God. You can't get through. I'm going to go and I'm going to climb on a cross and I'm going to open the way for you. But even that's not enough. It's not enough for Jesus to say, I'll show you the way. This is where you go. Not enough for Jesus to say, I'll open the way. This is now open to you. Jesus has to come back and carry us along the way. Jesus comes, and he comes to me in my foolishness, and he picks me up, and he carries me home. I want to give you a picture of it. It's kind of silly, little, but it's kind of, it's, it's, it's the truth, okay? So here, let me, let me just kind of, here we go. This is the way, all right? And this is the father's house. We said we don't know what it looks like, but it's actually a Georgian whatever. What, I don't know, Jeff, what do you say? It's, it's, it, that's actually a picture of heaven. No, it's not. But um, right, and this is us. And in this world, we have storms. And in the father's house, it's always sunny, just like Philadelphia. Uh, no, it, it's, it's there. And so what do we want to do? We want to go to the Father's house. And so we move. The storm goes with us. We're not good enough to stay on the path, but we still want to get there. But this is the problem. The way's not open. That's sin, friends. That, that's our story. That's our situation right now. Apart from Christ, we can do all that we can to say, oh, but I want to be better. I want to get through this. We can, we can jump as high as we want. We can move. We can try different places, but we cannot get through. And we are absolutely dead in the brokenness of this world. It's what the Bible teaches us. There isn't one of us who can take apart the wall. There isn't one of us who can climb over the wall. And so Jesus comes to us. And I want you to imagine that all he said was, I am the way, and just follow me. I mean, he can be the way, right? He can walk through here. And, and he doesn't have any sin, so he gets to go through the, the wall like nothing. Okay, that's where, the, that's where we want to do it. So we can walk it. We can try to say, okay, let's go over there. Boom, we try. It doesn't work. It's not enough just to know the way. I don't care how much you try. <laughs> You're not good enough, okay? It, it just doesn't work. Jesus doesn't come and do that. Instead, Jesus comes. And he says, first, I'm going to open the way. So he goes on the path. 
and he climbs on a cross. And if you want a picture of what happens on Good Friday, Jesus is on that cross, and as he breathes his left, last, he says, Father, it's done into your hands. I commend my spirit. He says, it's finished. And what happens is the wall crumbles on top of him, and he's gone. That's Good Friday. The way is open. The curtain is torn from the top to the bottom. But guess what? We still can't go through because we're just not smart enough. We're idiots. We're over here. We're bouncing up and down. We're saying, I can do now. I can go. No, you can't. So Jesus rises from the dead and he comes back. And this is what he does. This is why he's the way. He's not just the path. He's not just a sign. He's the car. He's the ride. He's the transportation. Because he comes to us and he turns us around. There we are. And then he brings us home. I am the way. It's not just a path. Oh, it is a path. Living the way of Jesus is the best way to live. Living the way of Jesus is ultimately a way of joy. Living a way of Jesus is what we were created to do. But the fact of the matter is, just knowing the way isn't enough. Jesus is the way because he says, there's room in my boat and the storms come with me. And he takes us through the wall. He takes us through our sin. He takes us through death. And he brings us to the Father's home. And that's where it's always sunny. And that's where everything is okay. And friends, that's why we want to stick with Jesus. That's why we get passionate about knowing Jesus, about following Jesus, about being close to Jesus. Because it's only as he carries us that we can find our way home. That's the truth. That's the gospel. That's what I believe with all my heart, that that journey makes all the difference, that we are dead in our sins, but made alive through Jesus Christ, that with his cross, he tore down sin and destroyed death by dying death, our death by paying for our sins. And then he came back and he brings us home. I am the way. And he's the only way. And, and, and so I want you to just think about it, Okay. We're almost done here. We're finishing up with this last slide. But we live in a world of storms. You know that. You have them in your families. You have them in your personal life. There's a storm going inside each one of us of what we know we should do and of what we do. And it just destroys us and the brokenness of this world. We live in a world of storms and we want to go home. Friends, just this morning recognize that Jesus is the only way. And, and the question, once again this morning, I think it's been with all of these statements, the bread, the light, the gate, the good shepherd, will we trust him? Or are you going to say, Jesus, I'm tired of just walking on my own, I'm tired of banging my head against a wall. I mean, that's what we're doing. We're banging our head against a wall. Carry me. And he does. And we can live with some peace. And our hearts don't need to be too troubled or stay troubled. Because one day it's going to be okay. Let's pray together. Father, 
Thank you, thank you, thank you for Jesus, that he is the way. Thanks for showing us the way. We wouldn't have found it on our own. We're just too selfish. But even more than that, thanks for opening the way. And then most of all, thanks for just carrying us through. Father, thanks for loving us in spite of our foolishness. Thanks for loving us in spite of our brokenness. For loving us in spite of our saying we can do it on our own. Father, teach us once again this morning to surrender. To surrender to life. To surrender to joy. To surrender to you. And then help us to just stick close to the way. Carry us, guide us, show us and open up the way inside of us. But most of all, again, carry us so that we can come home. Father, we think of those who are home already, run their race. Give us comfort in knowing that those loved ones are there. And give us strength until we get home. Remind us that you are the way. We pray this in Jesus' name, the one who is the way. Amen.